We all know that one must give 10% to charity, but what can you use that 10% on? Can you buy your tefillin with them? Can you buy a little of an air drug? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on Duff Ches, page 8 of Tractate Chagiga, and we learn that when it comes to using our MISA money, our charitable dollars need to be spent on charity, not on mitzvahs that we are obligated to do. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. i like to begin with a story. Rabbi Yaakov Molin, known as the Maharil, was one of the great 14th century German rabbis. A lady once came to him with the following question. She had vowed to travel to Regensburg to daven at the graveside of her forefathers, but she kept putting off her promise until one day she happened to be traveling to Regensburg for other reasons. She wanted to know whether she could thereby fulfill the terms of her vow since she wasn't actually journeying there for that purpose. The Maharil responded affirmatively. Yes, he says, after all, even if you'd arrived there on the wings of a magical flying camel, you would still have fulfilled your duty. He then proceeded to explain that the vow had no financial implications. Had she promised to outlay a particular sum of money for the journey, she wouldn't have been able to excuse herself with the visit. But in this case, she didn't promise money. All she said was that she promised to daven at their graveside, and that vow she could indeed fulfill. Let's look at today's Gemara. It is taught in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, after the measure of the gift offering of your hand, this teaches that a person brings his obligatory offering from non-sacred property. From where may be inferred that this after the measure, misas, mentioned in the verse, is a term for non-sacred property? As it is written, and the king Ahasuerus laid a tribute mas upon the land. Let's analyze the Gemara. Throughout the pilgrimage festival, we would bring our peace offerings of joy. Rabbi Yochanan teaches that payment for these offerings needed to come from regular non-consecrated funds. You see, oftentimes, you'd arrive in Jerusalem with your Mysashani money. Certain agricultural produce required consumption in Jerusalem, but the farmer was allowed to redeem the produce, add a fifth, and use the funds to purchase new food upon arrival in Jerusalem. So Rabbi Yochanan emphasizes that you can't double dip using the same funds for Mysashani redemption as well as for the peace offerings all wrapped up in one. Now, while Meister Shani isn't a mitzvah encountered by most of us, we do have a similar tithe called Meister Kasofim. We're obligated to separate 10 to 20% of our earnings for the poor. Now, just like one can't use Meister Shani for the requisite offerings, the Shalar, Rabbi Isaiah Halevi Horowitz, derives from the Gemara that one may not purchase Matanus Lev Yonim, Purim gifts to the poor with Misa money, with our charity 10% tithes. Why not? Because it's already a separate mitzvah that you're duty-bound to fulfill. In fact, the Ramah teaches that one shouldn't use Misa money for any mitzvah, even the purchase of lights, for sure. However, the Drisha writes that if a mitzvah does come your way, which you don't have the money for, you can use your Misa money. You can even purchase Sfarim, holy books, with these funds so that you can learn from them as long as you intend to lend the Sfarim out to others. The Taz recommends that when you do purchase those Sfarim, write inside that they belong to Misa, the charity books. 
So the general rule of thumb is that any mitzvah requiring payment can't be purchased with Misa money unless you have absolutely no other funds to pay for it. Do you need to buy tefillin? Yes, you do. So you can't use your Misa funds for it. Do you need a little of an asterisk? Yes, you do. So once again, that needs to come from your other 90%. In the story with the magical flying camel, Maril distinguishes financial from non-financial obligations. When there's no money involved, you can utilize the circumstances that have arisen to fulfill a spiritual commitment. But when you're dealing with monetary duties, it makes no sense to try to shortchange heaven. After all, the Almighty is the source of our paranasa, our livelihood. If we give abundantly, He will replenish overabundantly. Our sages tell us that one who is generous gives one-fifth of his earnings to charity. That's not easy for most of us. We have mouths to feed and bills to pay. But what you can try to do is to apportion 10% to charity and the next 10% to your other religious needs, such as those top-of-the-line to fill in that gorgeous Ezrig and a home full of Sfarim. May the Almighty reward your generosity to others and your dedication to the beautification of His mitzvahs by opening His heavenly storehouses and showering you with His bounty, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.